Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where you take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I am your host, or should I say co-host, because there's two of us. There's another person on the other line talking to me, uh, my co-host and good friend, Blake. Yeah, I'm I'm the other half of this podcast. Yes, two you know, halves of Two halves one. of a whole. One meeting together in perfect harmony. Harmony. Yeah. Uh, we don't actually want me to sing on the podcast, though, so I'm going to end that bit before it even gets started. That's good. <laughs> uh, no, what I do is not sing. I talk about video games. Uh, and uh, today we'll be talking about a video game that is by a creator that uh, longtime fans of the podcast. And when I say long, I mean the beginning. Uh, yeah. The, like the. <laughs> One of the first 20 the games beginning. we played, I mean, probably? I mean Blake's mom. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, true, but also. <laughs> no, you know, people who have been there here since episode, we, what did we say it was, 10? Uh, I, I don't think, know. Well, I don't uh, know exactly. The, this is a game um, by uh, Space Backyard, which is a crew of game designers made up of Alessandro uh, Arcidiacono. Simone Tronchina, uh, Maralena Gradarola, and Gianluca uh, Pandolfo. Uh, and the game they played that we've um, done on the podcast uh, in the past was a game called uh, like Roots in the Soil, which is a game about a kind of like post-apocalyptic world, um, and you play as someone uh, kind of walking through it. Uh, but the sort of main main premise is that. Uh, your screen is split between a kind of like before and after view. So you, the only thing you control as the player is the uh, camera angle. So you move that around and you can see the before and after. Um, this game uh, is, uh, you know, it feels, um, you know, you can feel that it's, it's the same creators. I feel like they have a, a kind of yeah. like, like st- main uh, character I- moving in a line. Yes. They have a visual style. <laughs> they have a design grammar they're attached to. And they also have, I, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the body of the podcast, but they also have, I think a range of themes that they're, that they're interested in, uh, that they're missing mm. this as well. But this game is called bird of passage. Uh, it's by the same team and it is about, um, it's another narrative, uh, heavy game you play as a well if i tell you what you are it's a bit of a spoiler so i'll go ahead and give the spoiler warning now uh <laughs> if you uh want to play this game about i'll say it's about a a car ride through tokyo that's not a spoiler um and and the conversations you have with your taxi drivers so if that sounds uh, interesting to you or if you liked uh, like roots in the soil you should stop now and go uh, play it on itch.io um, it's uh, recommended price three dollars, but uh, is free if you if you don't want to pay that. Um, so while uh, you potentially uh, turn off this podcast, uh, I have uh, found episode eight was like roots in the soil. So single nice. digits. Damn. So yeah, dude. this was probably around almost exactly two years ago. Man, oh how the time flies. We're an institution now. This podcast has so Are much content. <laughs> um. But okay, so now spoiler zone ahead. Uh, this is a game where you play as a ghost or a lingering spirit or some sort of yokai is what the is what the game. Oh refers yeah, to I had as. meant to um, to look up a literal translation of that word and I didn't get around to it. Did you? It doesn't really have a literal translation. It basically means like uh, 
spirits, monsters, demons. It's like the 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 whole class of like sort of uh, otherworldly beings. Otherworldly beings, yeah, from Japanese folklore. Okay, interesting. Um, huh? Yeah, that is interesting because you know each of those English words uh, connotes something very different. You know, spirit versus demon is spirit is like neutral dead person. Demon is you know sure. Evil if you want entity. the if you want the straight up Wikipedia. Yokai are a class of supernatural monsters, spirits, and demons in Japanese folklore. The word yokai is made up the kanji for bewitching, attractive, calamity, and specter, apparition, mystery, suspicious. But it also, can also be called ayakashi or mononoke or mamano. I like that attractive is one of the words in there. That's that's very evocative. We've got some sexy ghosts here in <laughs> Japan. Yes, very sexy ghosts. And... Um, and basically what this ghost does is they uh, they take taxi rides uh, and just drive around uh, Tokyo uh, late at night while it's raining. And they talk to their taxi drivers and ask their taxi drivers. You um, sort of like invite them to talk about some personal stuff from the ghost past. Uh, mm. And then it, it gradually uh, becomes clear from these conversations that this is a ghost. And you learn how they died. They were killed in the 1923. I believe yes. it is an uh, earthquake in Tokyo. Um, Kanto earthquake. Yeah. A actual, uh, historical event that was a very bad earthquake. Um, mm-hmm. and they have been, um, sort of, you know, typical kind of like ghost, uh, you know, not caught at peace between worlds, caught between worlds, not at peace. Uh, and we learned that what they're, what they're most worried about is the, uh, fact that, that the moment of their death, they were planting um, uh, or or holding seeds for, I guess I don't know if they were literally planting it, but holding seeds for uh, ginkgo trees uh, and they dropped them and weren't sure if the trees survived uh, the like building or debris or whatever that fell on him. Yeah. Although, although it is, I I think I should say that um, I don't think that at the start of the game, we're the, the uh, character, is supposed to know that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for oh, just yes. sort of closure. Closure. And then, but they don't know what the closure they need is. Yes. Yes. So yes. part of your discovery of their closure is also their discovery. They, uh, you, you kind of like, I, the idea is like they are learning what they needed, uh, they needed to do in order to find closure by talking to these. Um, very wise taxi drivers. They have a lot to say about life. I I think of them more as incredibly patient taxi drivers. <laughs> that too. Uh, be- <laughs> because uh, this uh, game plays out, or like most of what the main uh, avatar says are like uh, the most like cryptic weirdo Uber passenger <laughs> yes, things a person seriously. could possibly say. Just like, and I mean... As an Uber it driver, became, you, you got to be like, "Is this guy gonna murder me?" <laughs> yeah, it became it becomes clear as you play the game that like the reason they are cryptic and weird is because uh, a the character is not supposed to know, and b uh, the player is not supposed to know, and supposed to be figuring out, piecing together more and more of the story as as you yes, play exactly. on and on. Uh, uh, but at first, I'm just like, "Why are these taxi drivers even talking to this guy? This uh, this this yeah. person is 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 uh, wiling out, just being like." I lived in a Tokyo like this, but a very different place. Yeah, and the and taxi like, driver's like, oh, really? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're super the Tokyo like... I know was destroyed. <laughs> oh, but you're still alive. How did that work? <laughs> <It's just> 
Oh I like God. your voice for the taxi drivers because they are totally like gullible's not the word, but they just like totally go with the flow. Like they they're are, just like anything he says, they're like, okay, yeah. They are approaching his uh, his thing or his like conversations with like the naivete of just like. I have nothing but goodwill for this random stranger telling me <laughs> that they uh, lived in a different Tokyo than this. <laughs> I have no like, reason to doubt this supernatural claim. <laughs> well, yeah. And at first it doesn't even super, seem supernatural. It just seems like well, this guy's being kind of weird and philosophical about uh, the Tokyo. I know. Cause I mean, depending on uh, what uh, yeah, conver- how you it, approach the conversations metaphorical at first i was like ah yes oh absolutely tokyo's changed so much naturally uh-huh. yes no he means it was destroyed by an earthquake <laughs> yeah literally the places that he knew don't exist anymore Any because longer. uh you know yeah the first moment that i so yeah it is true that um early on you don't you know you don't know he's a ghost and you don't know the amount of like realism that this game will be um based on uh mm. I think the moment that I, I mean, probably the moment that it was like totally clear to me, this was at first it seemed like it's just gonna be a little bit like surreal, not like totally unreal. Uh, yeah. When, you know, just like the, the implausible uh, goodwill of the taxi drivers. Um, but then, uh, then I think it's when he says, you know, I was born in 1912 or what is he? I was born in 1912. No, no he, he talks about, um, Riding well, he gives the it, he first gives a taxi date. cab That's in 1921. Right. Right. Uh, no, I think 1912. No, 1912 was when the first taxi cabs happened, and they remember that, but they didn't uh, ride yes. one until 1921. Oh, wow, you were taking good notes. Uh, um, no, I just have a good memory, Jordan. <laughs> I also played this game like an hour ago, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that's when you're like, okay, so this is clearly, you know, something's fishy here. That's not uh-huh. possible. Well, I, by the time I got to that piece of story, I'd already had like largely heard a lot of what the main character has oh, okay. at stake. Well, that that gets to the the main sort of like um, interactive mechanic of this game, sure. which is that uh, for each conversation tree, there's a different conversation tree for each taxi driver, and you have uh-huh. three, three options, um, and it goes down a different line of conversation depending on which one you pick on. Uh, and so you may learn different. Uh, well, you have three initial. Uh, well, I not even. Th- it's always uh, always starts do- as three, and then yeah, it, and then different ones. Yeah, they will, they spiral usually, out quite a bit. There will usually be one. I think it's usually three, and then one more group of three. Usually, I don't know if that's every time, and then you, and then sometimes one more layer. Oh really? Uh, I felt like it. It felt like. I mean, I guess it does kind well, of feel like a lot. Well, sometimes it's like it's like five or six sentences of conversation with only yeah. one time that you're. you're oh sure, that you're prompted. An option. To, but I mean, yeah. if you think about it, that's still like a really big tree. It's like. There's uh, what, like five taxi drivers before it repeats? Maybe no, four? Three. 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 Only three? Uh huh. Oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, there's the, the one. Wait, are you that... counting the silent one? Yeah. Oh, really? It's just. Yeah, there are three. Are you sure? There's one that there's one that talks, then the silent one, then another one. And then it restarts? And then it restarts. You oh, get the same dude. prompt. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was more than that before it restarted. Okay, no. well, um,. Uh, yeah, so if You're there's, wrong. there's three times three options times three again uh, is and then plus I'd say maybe two that already is like 52. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of options. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. if we tried to properly enumerate it, we'd miss some, but there, there are certainly <laughs> a lot. 
Um, yeah, so uh, it it uh, uh, it does feel like there's a, a lot of options to go through, and then um, and then uh, the sort of like there there is a you know a little unusual for like a a heart um a, like a very narrative heavy game like this um, is there is like an end goal, um, which mm. is to uh, reach a certain point in the uh, conversation. Um, and the precise mechanics of this were a little bit fuzzy for me. So I'd be interesting to hear you, uh, mm. explain it if you understand it better, but basically mm-hmm. you, at one point, one of the taxi drivers told me, uh, you, you, like I asked what I should do and he says, it sounds to me like you should follow the leaves or something weirdly cryptic like that. And I yeah. was like, oh, and that, that like felt like a, a clue to me, the player as much as to him. And so mm-hmm. I, I started making sure to click on every option I got that was related to trees, plants or leaves. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, you, you sort of get to a conversation tree where the taxi driver, uh, suggests to you that perhaps your ginkgo seeds survived and the tree has, you know, grown into a full tree. Yes. Um, and, and then, and then you, they in fact drop you off at such a tree and that's how the game ends. So yes. it, it does seem like you have to click the right, uh, conversation prompts in the right order in order to reach that point. Correct. Uh, <clears throat> so mm, mm, I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> so okay. the, the way, so the way I think that it works is what you, uh, discussed, uh, with, uh, the, the taxi driver giving you a hint, I believe that's always uh, the third taxi driver that gives you that because okay. uh, as you talk to that taxi driver, basically the third taxi driver, if I'm not mistaken, is the only one uh, with whom you can complete the game uh, by finishing the story. I think because that's right. Yes. You recount to the third ta- taxi driver all the other information you get from talking to all three. Uh, so basically, mm. if you get to the step where you start recounting the story to him and then you can't finish it, then he says, well, uh, it seems like you, you're stuck on this ginkgo tree, but it seems like you don't have enough information about it. So look for more. Right. So that's what prompts the restart is whether or not yes. you've gotten enough. So uh-huh. so what you need to do is so it's just that you need to have gotten enough information from the conversation with the, the drivers. Yes, I think that's right. That, I, I don't know, but that's kind of what I God. That also sounds correct to me because it was the th- it was the 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 third driver that I ended with as well, I believe. There, yeah, the, the third driver is kind of the one that's most um, seems most open to having you uh, talk to them, and they like yeah. kind of more than the other drivers. They they prod you about <laughs> wanting to know your your story. Yeah, um, yeah. They instead do. of just the others being like, "Oh, where are you going?" and then you're like. I'm going to a place beyond time or <laughs> so which is, like which that. is the taxi driver that says you're like, I could give you an address, but it wouldn't mean anything or something like that. And he's like, well, I do need an address in order I, to drive you. I think that's the third one. And okay. then he's like, well, I do need a place to go, uh, but are you just here to talk? That's the, I'm pretty sure that's the driver that talks about, uh, driving around insomniacs, uh, and asking yeah. you if you're an insomniac because it's like, Oh, insomniacs uh, get in my car and I drive them around because they can't sleep. And are you one of those? And he's like, I, I do not sleep anymore. <laughs> I am a being beyond sleep. I don't I'll, remember what I do or why I do it. I like your ghost voice. 
I'm a weird cryptic ghost who just wants to die. Does he just want to die? <laughs> he wants to be at peace, be, yeah. uh, you know, free of He doesn't uh, know what he wants when it starts. I mean, that's true. Um, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you because you're right. Uh, yeah, and, and he's he is very uh, a dramatic in his... Uh, in his language. Um, I, I did, this just occurred to me and I wanted to point it out, but did you notice what he like, looks like, like your, your ghost character? Uh, I mean, did you, did you give him a good look? He, he's just a, like an eyeball on a stick. It's got legs. Well, he has, okay. Yeah. But like his head is a giant eyeball, right? Well, it's, if you look at, it's like a, it's like a mask, but he blinks. Yeah, it's a mask with a giant eyeball on it that blinks. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not supposed to look like a a human, a human. You know, it's supposed to look different. Yeah, look you like a, a ghost monster spirit. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was kind of the the one of the first um, sort of hints the game gives to you that what is happening is uh, not strictly speaking, uh, you know, literal or uh, possible. You know. Yeah, we're, we're not in the world, like, you know, the real world we're in. Yeah, although it, it, I guess it, w- it should be uh, expressed that uh, at the start of the game, you can't really see your character. Your character sits in the backseat exactly. of the cab, and you start with the the, uh, the first cab ride uh, sort of uh, in progress. And then, um, actually, this is, I guess, as good a time as any to bring up the rotation of the camera around yes. the, the cabs, uh, because I, I have some speculation as to what that means uh, but it's exactly that speculation. So I was curious what your take was on uh, why the camera rotates uh, and what it means. If so it has at, gameplay. at the time, my theory was that So at the time I didn't give it much thought. I was kind uh-huh. of like along for the ride and I didn't, uh, I was like, Oh, the camera switched weird. I, I thought maybe it was like random and that it was like mm. the, cause it like just sort of simulate the feeling of you, driving nowhere in particular and it just would like switch at random times. Uh, uh-huh. And then I thought maybe it was like, like after you get the, I didn't actually remember well enough to confirm this, but I thought maybe mm-hmm. it was like the halfway point. Like after you get the hint from the guy that's like, Oh, you need to know more about leaves. Mm. Uh, and it's like, you're returning, you know, symbolically turning around or something. But yeah. I, I didn't have a strong reading of it. Okay. Well, it seems like you have even less insight than I did. So, okay. uh, but take my, us away, Blake. Well, my thought is that, uh, it rotates, uh, let me, let me think of the direction. Well, I guess it depends, uh, how you define it, whether the camera is rotating or the, or the car, the car, the, the, so the camera rotates clockwise yes. around the car. Um, as you progress down, uh, dialogue options that, Either you haven't before, uh, this is what I'm not sure of, either dialogue options you haven't before or dialogue options that lead you to information you need to complete the story. Interesting. I'm not, I'm not certain of that. And then if you go down a path uh, that you've, uh, or that doesn't get you any more information, then the game, the camera will spin the opposite direction. Uh, to sort of indicate to you that you've uh, you're like not. Oh, so you think that's it's not the way system. to progress. That's, uh, that's what I thought. And I kind of like, 
uh anecdotally as i didn't really start noticing it until i got to the point where uh the guy was like you need to learn more about ginkgos or whatever basically until i got the part where the game gives you a hint and then i was like oh so i'm like i need to be making progress in something or there's a there's a quote-unquote correct path um Mm -hmm. and so then i started being more mindful of what the camera meant and it seemed just sort of uh you know as i was playing that when I was doing new options that I hadn't before and I was getting new information, it was rotating clockwise. And then, uh, when I was like kind of fumbling or trying to be like, okay, well, if I go back through this branch and then go down a a different branch than I went the previous time, then it would go back the other direction. I'm, I'm not exactly certain. Uh, interesting. So how, how much uh, did you have to uh, play this game to get to the end? Like, were you doing a lot of repetition of quite a lot of repetition? Oh, Really? I feel like I only, I did almost no repetition, like maybe a couple times. I wonder uh, if that's why you only felt like there were, uh, or you felt like there were more cars just cause I didn't uh, get a feeling for them as much. Oh, oh, okay. I guess you're asking repetition as in like how many times did I actually go down the same like narrative paths? Yes. Yeah. That not, not, not all that many. Okay. Uh, oh, also I, I put, how many, how many times did you get through a full cycle of cars? I think I only did so two. The full cycle of cars I uh, did several, like, five times two maybe, maybe like, three i did okay i'm trying so to i did I, yeah i probably did four or five i think three actually now that i'm thinking about it, i think it was three okay because i kind of once he told me like oh you need to learn more i was kind of under the impression that rather than uh being like oh i have enough information to continue it was more oh i need to find the one path out of this i need to mm. find the one conversation and using information from other conversations it will lead me to the end which kind of is the case but i think that there's more of a strict like if you haven't had one conversation then that kind of final conversation where you learn the truth is just not possible um but i'm i'm not exactly certain um i am not certain I, on that as well cuz it wasn't always clear to me um, which options were available. Like I, I never got a strong sense if I was at a screen where there was a, you know, a hidden option that would only appear uh, if oh. I had already done something else. So, yeah. Or if you were at a point to where like doing one thing would progress you and doing something yeah. else would not. Yeah. I would say that's probably my biggest criticism of this game is like, even mm. once I got to the point where I sort of understood, felt like I understood what needed to happen, which is that I needed to sort of, find the right story where uh having the player character uh start to tell it would uh, refresh their memory about uh the situation i i i didn't really get a good sense of like how to seek that out uh mm, yeah because uh the the sort of like map of the conversations in my head wasn't really concrete enough for me to be like oh i this person asked about this so i need to go talk to them about something else like sort of a part of uh, maybe what uh, you lose with uh, keeping it totally open and having a lot of the dialogue have to be written sort of cryptically. So it only makes sense in the context of other dialogue is that uh, a lot of it sort of feels indistinct. So rather than uh, what will happen in other narrative games where they know that you've uh, like a character will say something very specifically memorable and you'll be like, Oh, I remember uh, this character said something about this. So I need to go back and talk to them once Mm -hmm. I know more uh yeah whereas in this game it's kind of like everything is sort of written uh cryptically enough that if you haven't uh read or had seen at least one or two other things that relate to that you're kind of like wait yeah um yeah i think yeah i mean i i take your uh your criticism i think what they were 
I, I it's like a case of where I can like, you know, I, I feel like I understand the the intention behind the 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 crypticness, but it's mm. like it's like hard to it's hard to make make like uh, uh, effective use of uh, obfuscation and like intentionally cryptic language when there you know there is a a puzzle so to speak like there is yeah when there's a goal there, when there is a goal and something to be solved it's tricky to have uh you know intentionally uh you know unclear information and and i think you know the reason why they wanted this unclear information is because it's like you know it's sort of a mirror of the the character's like yeah. state, state of mind in a in kind of just obvious way that you know they yeah. don't they don't know what they want or they don't even fully remember what happened. They're kind of like still replaying it through their mind and like reconstructing it. Uh, Cause it's all like kind of faded away for them. Um, so it's like, that makes sense. And in a lot of ways, actually the, the, um, their, their original, the other game we played for them, uh, like roots in the soil, uh, mm. that, um, vagueness, uh, has a little bit more, um, you know, you know, you're, you're, uh, you give it a little bit more of a wide or a little more leeway to be confusing when you're like, okay, I'm just along for the ride. Right. There's nothing you're you're asking of me. So I, I feel comfortable like uh, just not understanding fully. Um, But you know, when it's like, okay, I have, you're asking me to solve something. Then you you start to think about the fact that you don't understand in a little bit different light. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think I, I do agree with you that the, that it's intentionally cryptic. And I think, part of that does sell the the uh or puts you at least more in the headspace of the main character of sure, like yeah. i i want to understand more but i don't even know what i do and don't understand right yeah yeah honestly something that would have helped for me is just some sort of indication of which options i've chosen clicked already like even just highlight them or something yeah well and i and i'm thinking now i wrote in my notes like oh what options have i chosen but i'm realizing now that uh potentially going like you could have the first option down a tree uh, that you've chosen before, but a later option down that tree would, uh, you know, give you more information. So they couldn't right. just be like, oh, you've already done this. Yeah, but that's some true. indication of like, there's not any more to get out of choosing this option or yeah, you've yeah. chosen this already, you know, some this sort of exhausted. indication. Yeah. yeah, sort of some sort of indication that like, uh, I've, I've done all that can be done with this particular uh uh, yeah. character or this particular like sort of line of of thinking because it ended up being uh it just it was just enough uh like sort of retreading and not sure being sure how to progress that it started to get a little bit tedious uh for me in the last you know five yeah, minutes bit. of my of my play um, yeah that, yeah i mean i i i see i i didn't um i stumbled through to the ending a little faster than you so i didn't uh quite have that problem but i can definitely see myself feeling the same way if that's sure and and i mean again uh, perhaps the the stumbling is uh what they they want of the player is uh, uh like for the player to get yeah. the sense that they've uh only sort of stumbled into uh yeah. this and that the character is has maybe been going through this same uh you know experience of stumbling for you know 100 years and yeah. uh you know yeah. never found it so the the happenstance of everything happening on this particular night is uh you know more yeah, remarkable than yeah. anything that's true i yeah i thought of that part um uh we, oh oh go, go ahead. ahead 
Um, I wanted to just point out that there's a kind of like continuity of themes in the in the oeuvre of space, space backyard, backyard. Um, which is that, you know, they seem to really be interested in uh, narratives about uh, people revisiting uh, their past after some catastrophe or something mm. like that, you know, with their, where you're trying sure. to 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 you are struggling to move past something and uh finally reaching the moment of like uh catharsis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you know? and not only that, but the moment of catharsis is being a tree. <laughs> a tree that was planted by the protagonist. Yeah, that's true. Planted by the planted by the protagonist in the past. Uh, uh-huh. and and you are only now seeing the you know, the yeah, and, and furthermore about the sort of uh, enduring uh, sort of power and 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 um, uh, I guess maybe not power, but sort of the way that nature soldiers on when other things don't. Uh, yeah, that's true, because in. Yeah, that, that's a great point as well that, you know, roots in the soil ends with sort of like the the gesture of planting the tree as a symbol for the, the continuity of things like it's not actually mm. the end like life mm-hmm. goes on. Literally life goes on. And then yes. Bird of Passage, it's about, you know, he goes, he has all these like monologues about how fascinated he is about the fact that uh, the ginkgo trees regrew uh, in after the atomic bombings. Uh, and well, like, yeah. And, and even and even more directly that uh, the, the ginkgos burned uh, like were set on fire during the earthquake because part of the reason yes, the, the Tokyo yeah. earthquake was so devastating is that. Uh, it ruptured the water lines and oh, all the yeah, buildings yeah. were wood. So fires that were started by collapsing buildings would just spread <laughs> like crazy because yeah. uh, people couldn't access water to put them out. Uh, and this was, you know, in the 20th century when all the buildings were made of wood and yep. they're, you know, so uh, they sort of talk about how the, the ginkgo trees burned down, but lasted through uh, and, and sort of endured uh, much in the same way that the the tree that was planted in like roots in the soil, you know, took purchase and was able uh-huh. to grow despite the fact that the world sort of portrayed as desolate. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. It's it's sort of um, I like uh, revisiting the works of creators over over like multiple or you know, some long amount of time. Sure, and seeing, seeing them sort of like develop as an artist, it's yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, especially like a sort of collective creators, because you might expect uh, some sort of continuity from a single creator because it's sort of like a quote unquote singular vision of like one person being like, oh, these are the kinds of stories I like to tell or here's an interconnection between my things. Yeah, right. You know, this is a team of, you know, four or five. Yeah. Uh, So that's it's it's cool. There's it it feels like there's uh, an intentionality to all of it of like, you know there were there was a conversation about about these things the 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 connections are strong enough to not just be sort of happenstance or even uh, yeah. you know creative not, instinct. not not just spilling out of their creative unconscious <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, um all right now i want to talk about something dumb you ready oh please always always ready. Uh, so the second ta- cab that you get in uh kind the of the silent whole, one yeah 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 the, is that real? Is that a thing that, that is this a is this a oh, Japanese innovation oh. <laughs> that Americans haven't stolen yet? Because if so, we need to steal that shit. Yeah, like get. I would pay you know extra money in the Uber cabs. for just like hey, here's Uber the agreement silent. Is this will be silent? Here's the the Uber is only uh you know important geographical information. No yeah. no small talk. 
No you know? small talk. No. Would would Uber Silent also be uh, no music, or is it just no talking? Maybe you have mm, maybe you have layers. That's an interesting. You have A, B, maybe, and C. A maybe is they music have, and talking. Uh, maybe they have mandated music that the Uber app plays. That's like that. Uh, that like corporate music from the eighties. <laughs> have you have you heard about this? No. What is this? What? Oh my god! This is like a specific some, kind of corporate music from the eighties. No, you? no. This is like companies where their job was to uh compile existing music and compose original music specifically to be played in supermarkets uh, or and, and like or department stores to just kind of be like the most inoffensive inconsequential music uh, possible yeah. uh, and there's i forget if it's a it's a twitter account or a youtube page or, or something where this person is like hunts down the archives of this like weird it's like kind of on the vaporwave spectrum of like this weird like late 80s early 90s like oh man i bet that would be a weird feeling like that that's the kind of thing that like like triggers you know hidden repressed memories and you're like, oh my god, where have I heard this before? Yeah, and it's it's weird because it's all most of it is meant to sound indistinct like it's meant to yeah. sort of be forgotten and and in many cases <sighs> there's like there are some like popular songs mixed in or some kind of like semi-popular songs mixed in to be like oh this is a real radio station uh but then a lot of it was just original music so basically like sears would uh pay a contract out to one of these companies and they would just like they would write a lot of original music so they didn't have to license uh, like a radio station or something. They didn't have to license uh, music written. They didn't have to pay record companies. Uh, but also uh, then it wouldn't stick out so much or be like offensive to people. It's a really interesting. Huh. I forget what there's like a, I, I feel like there's a name uh, attributed to this uh, sort of style of music. But anyway, this is a, this is a weird tangent to go on, but you know, in, in your uh, silent Uber that you pay an extra $2 for, uh, they, they play that style of music, the 2019 oh. version <laughs> of, uh, yeah. of the least offensive music possible. So you can sit in silence. Uh, I mean, you know. the only word I can think of for that is this isn't what you're thinking of, but it's like elevator music, but you know, for, well, for super yeah, it's, and it, it, it sounds kind of like elevator music, but it has like, I want to say it has a specific, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to look for it. Jordan, distract the listeners. Oh my God. Oh Lord. Um, uh, what else were we talking about? Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, I, since we're just talking about like random features of the, the game now, did you have a sense of what the like, uh, pink, yellow and multicolored lights flashing on the side of your side and interior of your car is is this what just supposed to be like reflections of the buildings you're driving past or something uh i think like buildings and lights yeah i think yeah. actually uh, this is a good excuse to talk about the graphical style of this game which i think yeah. is really good yeah uh it's limited obviously because you're really mostly just staring at a, a cab as it sort of drives around a city that you can't see because it's sort of blacked out yep but i think the lighting looks uh just yeah. amazing and it looks it looks different uh there's kind of an interesting quality where the um the the car models are are sort of low poly and so they have this sort of um weird uh the way the lights reflect off of them is not like as a smooth surface but you can see the angles in the sort of Mm, uh low uh sort of low polygonal 
uh, car models. And, but yeah, it just has like a really striking look. It looks really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, it was a very, very evocative scene. I mean, I like that, um, you know, it, it feels very like fully realized and, you know, in a way, you know, you're driving around, but it is, you're in the same place the whole time and then you, you become very like comfortable in this little, this little world, this little slightly glowing, taxi cab in the middle of tokyo yeah um, yeah yeah it i've felt, got good news for you oh sorry oh, go you, ahead I, I was just gonna say it sort of felt when i first started playing i thought maybe it was gonna be you know tonally it felt like a noir almost like this was gonna be more of a uh have a slightly yeah dark, it definitely has like a a blade runner quote like quote yeah, unquote yep a little bit i mean just just like, the sort of like you know uh muted lights and the neon light coming through uh, yeah. is, is enough to evoke blade blade runner but yeah. all right so are, are you ready i found the thing i was thinking of all right what were you i'm thinking just gonna of? read this to you uh from the late 80s to early 90s mark davis worked at kmart part of his job was playing pre-recorded cassettes sent in from the corporate office lucky for us he saved them and uploaded them to the internet oh wait Within i have the art of this yeah, within the archive oh, yeah. are 56 tapes with over 60 hours of music, Muzak, and in-game store, or an in-store. Yeah. Muzak was the term I'm thinking of, which is a little bit more of a general term to be like. Yeah, that includes elevator music. music. Yeah, yeah, which is music that is kind of like made to be inoffensive or whatever. But Inoffensive background music. Yeah. Anyway, it says, <laughs> apart from being a fantastic time capsule for the height of American consumerism, uh, yeah. There's also a great fodder for vaporwave artists here. Are just a few highlights. Also the height of uh, American consumerism. Really? I mean, oh, we I haven't like seen the each, height. I was, I was going to say each new day is uh, <laughs> a, a new, new height, height for American <laughs> <laughs> consumerism. You haven't but, uh, seen you know. the end. But anyway, if you want to, it's a, it's a surreal thing. Cause like some of it sounds familiar. Some of it is familiar because it's actual songs. I forget what I, I read. Um, at some point uh, when this came out, I wrote, I read like a, a think piece or uh, something where someone had sort of done some research. And that's where I sort of got the context of like, mm. there was, there was, I feel like there was someone they interviewed where they had been a person that worked at one of the companies that Kmart would uh, sort of contract, or maybe it was only a company that would contract for these sort of weird, uh, just royalty free mix. It's so weird. Uh, anyway, Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so if you want to look up like Kmart, uh, uh, Kmart tapes, um, you should be able to find it. It looks like it's a post on, uh, dig or archive.org org where you can find sort of, uh, Oh, I'm going to, I know what I'm doing with the rest of my evening. Uh, there are like, he said there are like 60 of them and, uh, they're all like an hour and a half long. So, Next episode, uh, we're just going to listen to an entirety of one of those for an hour. Yeah, and we're just going to play them. Maybe, just, maybe if I remember, I'll uh, intercut the music a clip episode, Edge or or I'll uh, play, have it play us out instead of the normal theme. We'll see <laughs> if I remember to do that. Probably not. Um, well, did you have anything, anything else, else? Uh, about Bird of Passage? The the one thing I did want to say, of course, uh, this is a Unity game that shows the graphics option, so I had to shout out the oh, yeah. uh, the graphical option, which uh, there's the only right one, one, and it just says the right one, the right one, which yeah. uh, I I have to agree that uh, it was the right <laughs> one because I think this game looks very nice, looks pretty, yeah. Uh huh. Um, but if you don't have anything else, then uh, we can call it, I suppose, and tell the people about next week and Twitter and all that. Uh, yeah, so next week we'll be playing a game that is by the name of Library of Babel. 
Uh, Babel spelt like a uh, babbling brook, not like uh, the Tower of Babel. Mm. Um, and this is a this is a game that is about uh, well, it's some sort of like m- like multiplayer networked game where you it seems like you contribute bits and pieces of stories to some like archive and then you combine other people's contributions in order to make stories or something like that. It's very, uh, it's very intriguing, but not totally clear, uh, without getting into it. What, um, uh, what's happening. So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna give it a look. Um, uh, I, oh, and I guess you probably, this just occurred to me, but library of Babel, that's also a title of a Jorge Luis Borges short story. So that's what it's a reference. Oh, is it? Which um, is which is a, a story. Actually, oh, it's totally on the nose. Maybe we'll actually talk about this in the episode. But it's a hmm. short story about a guy who finds a library that's infinite. It contains every combination of letters uh, for uh, any possible book, and it just it has a uh, chimpanzees on typewriters. Yes, exactly. The Great American Novel. All but. Uh, you know, the great American novel is surrounded by, you know, 80 billion, billion, billion uh, novels sure. that are nonsense. And that's the, that's what it's about. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's, that's a clever reference. Maybe I c- we'll, yeah. I can't help but feel like that's a, uh, yeah, that's a direct illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Direct. Um, so that's what we'll be playing next time. Um, if you'd like to, to play library of Babel uh, before the episode or alongside uh, our playing, um, you can get a link to it. Uh, by following us on Twitter. Uh, we tweet out links to uh, the games we play the week before the episode comes out, just as a comment to the previous week's tweet. Uh, our mm-hmm. our pod, or our Twitter uh, handle is at EdgeGuardCast. So if you follow us there, uh, you can get updates for the podcast, new episodes, uh, games we play. Uh, some We uh, also are always looking for recommendations. So if you know of a game on itch, or something like that that you think uh, would be a good fit for us, uh, make sure to tweet it at us and we will uh, almost definitely play it. Um, So uh, go ahead and follow us there at EdgeGuardCast and we will talk to you next week. 